To Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. You're listening to Jerry McGee of Abiding Life Ministries in Lindale, Texas. Uh, we broadcast the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And tonight, uh, the message will be uh, entitled, uh, The Glory of Children is Their Fathers. And basically, this is a message on the importance of having a good earthly father. And so let me begin by praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing that breaks the yoke. We thank you that your word will go forth like a fire and like a hammer that breaks rock. We thank you, Lord, that you said the teaching of the wise is the tree of life, that one might avoid the snares of death. We thank you, Lord, that the word salvation not only means salvation, but it means healing, deliverance preservation and to be made whole thank you that because of the blood of jesus we can all be made whole and lord all of us are a work in progress and we thank you i pray tonight lord that i will be a fountain of uh, of life that a tree of life that rivers of living water will come forth from my innermost being father i thank you and praise you that you said if i commit my way to you you'll establish my thoughts so lord i thank you for the message that you have for your children I ask you to bless every person who's listening in. I pray for the truth that sets each person free. And, Lord, even as I teach, I ask you to give me more truth uh, that sets people free in the name of Jesus and sets myself free. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I ask you to cover every person who listens into this program with the blood of Jesus. I ask you to send forth your mighty warring holy angels to do battle in the heavenly places for us in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I just... Thank you for the authority that you've given me over all the power of the enemy, and I take that authority, and I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places, and on this earth, I forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us, against this message. In the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. I pray a special covering of warrior angels around and over um, Dorothy Carruthers, her family, over this program, over myself and my family, in the name of Jesus, over everything that concerns us, over every person who's listening in, to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment that's sent against us. We break every word of death, every word of iniquity, every curse, assignment, satanic ritual that has been spoken over each person. And, Lord, we just pray that everything that is sent upon us boomerangs back on them, uh, the people that send curses, not to hurt them, not to kill them, not to harm them, but so that they'll fear God and turn away from evil. 
And, Lord, we, you said we're to bless those that curse us. And so, Lord, we bless them with Christian character, the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, and a spirit of repentance in Jesus' name. And uh, before I go any further, I want to say that if you need personal prayer, if you'll call 646-595-4784 at the end of the teaching, and don't forget, forget to press 1, uh, we'll be happy to pray for whoever calls in in the name of Jesus. Also, you can contact me at jerrymcgee.com, and that's G like George, E like Edward, R like Robert, I like Ivy, M like Mary, C like Cat, G like George, H like Henry, E like Edward, and E like Edward again, dot com. And so, as I said before, this message is called The Glory of Children is Their Father's. You know, if a child has a good earthly father, he has an aura around his head in the spirit realm, and the demons and the uh, demons and angels can see it. And of course, God sees it because He puts it there, but it cannot be seen with the human eye. And so, when a child has his father's glory, uh, the demons say, "You better leave him alone or her alone because she has an earthly father." If a child does not have a good earthly father, There's no aura in the spirit realm, and the demons say you can pick on him or her because they don't have a father. But the good news is when we come to Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord and forgive our earthly father for not being our glory, then we receive God's glory, which is a greater glory than anyone can have. He's a great heavenly father, and that's one of the benefits of knowing Jesus as your Savior. Of course, you can't manifest God's glory if you're living in sin. And, of course, all of us have been full of sin, but it should be less and less every day that we live. Um, The Bible tells us that we're to pursue holiness uh, and we're to fear the Lord, which is to turn away from evil. But, you know, people who breed racehorses, um, well, first of all, having a good earthly father is so important. And, you know, uh, breeders of horses and cattle and of animals and even dogs, they always look for the best bull, the best stud horse, the best uh, sire dog um, to to ensure the the quality breed of animals. And it's no different with human beings. And so God says the glory of children is their father's. And, you know, every little child on a playground likes to brag about his father. And if he doesn't have a good father... He, he's, he lives in shame. And one of the greatest benefits of knowing God as your heavenly father that he, is that he's the best father anybody could have. And those who are, who are listening in uh, who have children and you're, say, single moms and you're raising children without a father, teach them that God is their father. Teach them to, have a, 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 to, to realize that God is their father. God is their provider. Teach them that. Teach them to forgive their earthly father. Uh, Proverbs 17:6 is where it says, and the glory or the beauty or the glory of children is, and uh, uh, daughters and sons is their fathers. God tells fathers to train up a child in the way they should go, uh, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. And uh, he tells fathers to discipline, as he's a God who disciplines us. The scripture says that he disciplines every son or daughter whom he loves. And discipline is to correct mistakes. Um, 
discipline doesn't necessarily mean a spanking. Of course, if we don't listen to God, he does spank us if, if we are his. But discipline means to align ourselves with the, with the word of God. And what many people don't realize is when you have a problem with someone else, this is kind of a sidetrack, but when you have a problem with someone else, God is really trying to show you something that's working in your own life. And so uh, we go, he allows us to go through things so that he can conform us into his image. And I'm thankful that he's taught me that when I have a problem or a difficult time with someone, to ask the Lord what he's trying to teach me and receive his discipline. And in receiving his discipline, uh, I get more conformed into the image of Christ. The Bible tells us to uh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling, and this is one way we do it. And if we, he, he, discipline is not because God wants to be mean, but He knows that for us to be blessed, we have to align ourselves with the Word of God. So when we go through trials, the purpose of it is to align ourselves with the Word of God. In societies where the role of a father seems to be irrelevant, detached, and impersonal, this means that young people grow up reluctantly or slow to take on responsible roles in society. And women don't function properly without a loving male leadership in a home or in a society. And some of the excesses of the women's rights or women's liberation movement uh, can be attributed in part to the, to the global default of the lack of a father. Uh, in fact, many women that are in this movement hate men. In fact, the, a big majority of prostitutes are actually lesbians who hate their fathers. And so there's really a global default all over the world. There's very few people that have a good earthly father. Um, this is one of the roots to fibromyalgia, which is a covering for the skin or when there's pain in the skin. Also, lupus can be traced um, to a, a deficient relationship with a father. And there's many other maladies that can be traced for men and women that go back to bitterness and resentment toward an earthly father. Terrorism, rape, and violent crime proliferate in societies where um, there's not loving male leadership uh, in a home and where daddies are absent. It's well known that children, for instance, who have been sexually abused by a father growing up, uh, very often are abusers themselves in many cases uh, until they go through deliverance, until they forgive their father and they have these strongholds broken in their lives. The scripture says the sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. And, of course, good things pass on to our fathers too. You know, I can meet somebody and I can almost tell you if they had a, a good earthly father or not. The body of evidence uh, indicates that children raised in homes without fathers are more likely to commit crimes, uh, abuse drugs, have children out of wedlock, live in poverty, drop out of school, and, or even commit suicide. Boys who grew up without fathers are at least two times uh, more likely as other boys to end up in prison. Um, my grandson and my, my son and my grandson. My son is my pastor. My grandson is also submitted to the ministry. And some of the elders in our church att att uh, go and speak at a nearby prison here in East Texas. And uh, someone asked the question, "How many of you had grew up with your fathers? How many of you had a good earthly father?" And I don't think anyone in there raised up their hands. 
Um, 60% of rapists and 72% of adolescent murders um, never knew or lived with their earthly father. And the issue is not one of class, sex, or race. For instance, affluent white girls that grow up without their fathers are five times more apt to get pregnant and become mothers in adolescence. It's been proven that male homosexuals almost always describe their relationship with their fathers as poor or non-existent. Um, the absence of a father relationship has been seen for many years as a central factor in the development of male homosexuality. Um, you know, if a little boy does not, you know, it's normal for a little boy to be bonded to his mother till he's about two years old. But if, but if after two years old he doesn't bond with his father, that opens him up to a spirit of homosexuality. Uh, not only that, if a child doesn't bond to his father, a little boy doesn't bond to his father, he receives the, the, the familiar spirit of his mother and he begins to act prissy and act feminine, which really is, opens him up to effeminacy. Um, a boy fails when a boy fails to connect with his father um, and doesn't, he doesn't take into himself the things that are in an eternal part of manhood and he doesn't know how to live his life as a male. Uh, for these men, there was no man to pour into them those things that are, uh, a boy needs, uh, no one to guide them in their manliness, no man, uh, no man to model manhood for them, no man to teach them how to relate to women, uh, no, no man to affirm their own manhood. Being bonded to their mother, they're left with with uh, uncertainty as to how to live their life as men. Um, having the familiar spirit of their mother, they begin to take on female characteristics. And there's a need for earthly fathers for men and women because Fathers model for us a picture of what God's like. And if we don't have a good earthly model to, to model for us a picture of what God's like, we receive a perverted image of God and we receive a lie that God's just like our earthly father. For example, if, if our fathers do not love us, the lie is God doesn't love us either. If our fathers reject us, God, the, the, the children believe a lie that God rejects us. If, uh, if their fathers don't forgive them, they receive a lie that God is not forgiving. If their fathers don't guide them and direct them, the lie, the lie is, I'm on my own, no one to guide me or direct me. And, of course, through deliverance and through healing, a person can be healed of his father issues. If you're listening in, you can go into my website, and there's a, there's a teaching on there that's free to listen to, and it's called, um, I believe it's called... Um, why we faint and so we receive a fainting spirit if we don't have a good concept of what god's like and a fainting spirit is a picture of a a good illustration would be like uh, a, a person with a fainting spirit is they're, they're maybe having a good day but when a problem comes up they take a nosedive they're like one of these little paper airplanes that you throw up and the plane soars and it comes down and it goes clunk and so if we have a perverted image of god when we go through a trial we don't go to god because we don't think we can it's now clear that daughters and fathers, I'm sorry, daughters and sons need their father's love, attention, and assurance 
to be moved toward the path uh, of wholeness in their lives. Uh, boys and girls need the affirmation of their father in their life to fill the hole in their heart that's been left through the vacancy of a father. And, of course, in the world, this is referred to as father hunger. It's an empty place in the hearts of men and women who never experienced uh, and who had a defective relationship with their father. A child's basic personality and unique responsiveness to his environment is established in the first five years of his life. A daddy affirms a little girl's femininity, and he affirms a little boy's masculinity. And damage is done when a father... For example, when a parent, I won't just say fathers, but when mothers and fathers, when they, when, a, when they want a girl and the baby they're carrying in the womb is a boy, uh, the babies can hear that and they'll grow up and receive a lie that, that they're a mistake, that they're really a girl. You know, I don't know if I've shared this before, but my youngest son lived a homosexual lifestyle and he never bonded to his father. And, uh, in fact, he, I used to, in earlier years, think there's nothing wrong with him because he, he wanted to be around girls all the time. And the main reason is because he had a familiar spirit of my, of my familiar spirit, and he related more to girls than he did boys. And so uh, damage is done when a, when a child hears that he should be a boy when he's a girl or when he's a girl and he hears he should be a boy. I had one friend who had lived a, a, a lesbian lifestyle, and her daddy wanted a boy. And so um, she grew up, you know, working on mechanical things to try to please her father, starting lawnmowers, and took on masculinity because um, the daddy wanted a boy. Um, and so with my own son, uh, I don't remember saying I want a girl. You know, little babies can hear in the womb. The Bible says John the Baptist, when he heard Mary's voice, he was filled with the spirit and he left for joy in the womb. So if they hear negative things, uh, then they can receive that. So that's why it's very important not to speak negative things over a baby that's in a womb. Um, you want the baby to feel welcome and feel like that he's not a mistake, but he's who God created him to be. But my, I don't remember wanting, um, ever saying that, uh, um, that I had a girl, but I remember wanting a girl, but I don't know if I ever said it or not. But my son's daddy was a was a um, all American football player, and he used to say, "Well, if it's a boy, he'll probably be a sissy." And so babies can receive that. And about a month before my son died of AIDS in 1989, he said, "Mom, I've always felt like I was um, a girl." And you know, when he was two weeks old. Uh, I remember when he was born, my heart sank when they said you have, when they said you have a boy, because I already had a boy, and the, the second baby, I wanted a girl, and my heart sank, and I remember about, when he was two weeks old, my aunt came to visit us, and she said, he's too pretty to be a little boy, and I remember bathing him one day, and curse over him, and I said to him, you'll just have to be my little girl. Now, why did God let me remember that? Because he wanted me to take accountability for that. And praise God, my son was delivered and set free of homosexuality. He died of AIDS uh, three days past his 25th birthday. 
but he came to know the Lord and he repented of his sin. And so I look forward to heaven, not only to bow at the feet of Jesus, but to see my son. But a caring father who nourishes an intimate and loving relationship makes a profound effect upon that child's life. And there's so many fathers that are there, but they're not there. Maybe they're still at home, but they're couch potatoes, or they let a mama dominate, and they don't take the leadership role in the family. It's very important that daddies be the high priest of the family and that they don't let mother dominate and control because what happens is the child receives a lie that women are in control and then uh, will kind of, turn to the parent that's in control because basically, you know, we can put our yokes on people. There's a yoke of Jesus that's light and easy, but we can put yokes on each other. And so um, children need their fathers. Remote, indifferent, unavailable human fathers can lead us to believe that God is also detached, unconcerned, and uninvolved in the daily cares of life. Proverbs 13:22 says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And, of course, that inheritance can be good or evil. Um, fathers leave a legacy to their children, either of good or of evil. God tells fathers to train up children in the way they should go and to provoke them not to anger lest they be discouraged. Um, in societies where the role of a father seems to be irrelevant, detached, impersonal, uh, children reluctantly grow up and may receive a lie that God's the same way that he is not interested, that he's not there. You know, how I came upon this message was I administered probably in 2004 uh, at a seminar, and and an African, a beautiful, handsome African-American man asked me to pray for him, and he was a graduate of the University of Texas, went through the military program, and was looking forward to being an officer in the military, but because of racial prejudice, He was rejected to be an officer, and he said, you know, I asked him if he had a father, and he said, no, I didn't have a father, but he said, I had a good stepfather that really was interested in my life until I was about 13 or 14, and then he became an alcoholic, and uh, he he wasn't interested in me anymore. And I was asking God, Lord, show me how to minister this man, and the Lord said, the glory of children is their fathers. Well, I really didn't understand it. And about the next month, I went to Corpus Christi, Texas, to teach at a church. And a man came up to me, and he said, you know, I've never been able to amount to anything. He said, uh, my life has been, um, he said, my mother and father were divorced. He said, I have a real estate license. I can't sell anything. And this was the same with the black man. He could never, uh, he was not able to achieve, even though he was a, a graduate of the University of Texas. And, you know, you have to be in the top ten of your class to even qualify to be at the University of Texas. But he his life never could he never could um succeed. And this man in Carpus said, I've never been able to succeed at anything. He said, um I don't he said I have not been able to sell anything and I asked him about his father because the Lord said to me again, the glory of children is their father. So I asked him about his father and he said, Well, he said, my father left my mother and married someone else and And she had kids, and he favored her kids, but he never did anything for us. 
Well, the Lord said the glory of children is fathers. I prayed for the man, but I didn't understand what God was telling me. And so I went to sleep that night, and I woke up the next morning with the word starch on my mind. Now, you have to understand, I don't iron. And when I heard the word starch, that's not a word that I even think about. So I got up, and I looked up the word starch because basically this is what the Lord showed me. Um, He said, let me look at this definition. Um, Starch is the quality of active mental and physical energy, verb, vigor, dash, drive, get up and go, punch, um, spunkiness, vigorousness, vitality, hustle, liveliness, vivacity, zip, enthusiasm, and, of course, the opposite of that is lethargy, languor, and spiritlessness. And so what the Lord showed me is that a, per, that a child that grows up without his daddy lacks starch. On the other hand, um, boys that grow up with a raging, anger, angry, controlling father, sometimes they can have too much starch. They're just kind of stiff. Uh, I know people that are stiff because of the kind of earthly father they had. I know other people who uh, seem to be grieved over failures in life because they didn't have an earthly father. But this is this message is not to discourage you. This is to to encourage you that God wants to pour His glory out upon you. He wants to be your glory. But there's some things we have to do first. And number one is to forgive our father for all the failures in his life. You know, I grew up with a great earthly father. He wasn't perfect, but I never felt in love the day in my life. I always felt protected, provided for. He loved my mother. Uh, my mother loved him. <clears throat> Didn't take me to church, but he taught me about Jesus. But um, but I had a good earthly father. Still was under the curse of the lack of glory in my life because generationally, there was an illegitimate curse coming down the bloodline, and because um, I had a great-great-grandfather that was conceived illegitimately, which would open him up to rejection, shame, rebellion, and lust, but my great-great-grandmother got pregnant at 16 out of wedlock to a married man, and of course, he was married and couldn't marry her, so she gave him the name of <clears throat> of her father, and... um because of that abandonment, there was no glory passing down the glory of children. And I got deliverance just by breaking the generational curse of of uh, not having uh, my father's glory. But I had my earthly father's. But my earthly father was under the curse, too. And so boys who didn't grow up with their fathers um, or fathers that weren't there are lacking starch. They're aimless until God brings a healing. And praise God, you can get healed. But aimlessness means to be devoid of direction or purpose. It means not producing or achieving a desired end or effect. It means unsuccessful, ineffective, unavailing, pointless, bootless, uh, without uh, advantage or benefit, useless, Wasted, reckless, lacking purpose or vitality. And, of course, if we let Jesus be our, our glory, 
we'll have purpose. We will have vitality. We will have enthusiasm. We will have starch. Um, but to lack starch means to be feeble or ineffective, careless and irresponsible. It means ineffectuous, fruitless, abortive, uh, failed, futile, useless, pointless, losing, uh, unprofitable. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 9 says, Furthermore, we all had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. Now, if in, in, um, in a positive way, uh, discipline, uh, disciplining us, the word respect, uh, if we respected them, it means respect. But if we, it means they confounded us, they made us mixed up and, and made us feel damned and uneasy about God and about life. Proverbs seventeen six says, and the glory, the beauty, the glory of sons is their father. And so what I did was look up glory, and I put all the definitions of glory, and then I looked up each definition of the word glory and, and gave that um, definition. And so I'm just going to name some of these, but it means um, the dictionary definition of glory means great honor or distinction. It means uh, accorded by common consent. It means to be renowned, something conferring uh, honor upon. It means to be highly praiseworthy. It means an asset. Uh, it means adoration, praise, and thanksgiving offered up in worship. Glory means majesty, majestic, beauty, and splendor. Um, you see, if a child has his father's glory... Uh, it's like a nimbus in the spirit realm. It's like an aura around the child's head, and it's God's glory. It means resplendence. It means uh, the splendor and beauty of um, the splendor and uh, bliss of heaven, perfect happiness, a height of achievement, enjoyment, or prosperity. It means a halo or a nimbus, which is a cloudy radiance. Um, said to surround a classical deity when on earth it's a radiant light that appears usually in the form of a of a circle or a halo about or over the head um, in the representation of a of a god damaged saint I'm sorry demigod saint or sacred person and has a um, as a king or an emperor and in the spirit realm, you can't see that with the human eye. But in the spirit realm, angels and demons can see this. Um, and as I said before, if they see it, they can say, you know, you better leave this child alone because he has God's glory. But if, if there's, no, um, there's no glory of a father, then the demons say you can pick on that person because they don't have a father. But glory means a splendid atmosphere or an aura as of glamour that surrounds a person or thing. It means aureole, a circle of light or radiance, 
surrounding the head or the body of uh, of a person. It means to rejoice. It means to rejoice triumphantly, to exult over, as in a sports team that that uh, gloried in its hard-won victory. And, you know, I knew a, a child once who... Um, Whose, whose father divorced his wife, his mother, and um, the mother remarried, and the father, um, the the stepfather, well, the, the child had a ball game where the where the fathers were to wear the children's jersey, and um, and the stepfather wouldn't go; he had something else to do, and it broke this mother's heart because her son didn't have. Uh, her son's stepfather didn't wear her son's jersey, and it broke the mother's heart. And um, and so I could say a, a child that has his father's glory, it's kind of like he's wearing his father's wearing his jersey. Like if you've ever watched these these uh, people that coach these people in the Olympics, how the coach is there to guide, direct, to cheer them on, to push them on, to encourage them. And so a child that doesn't. Uh, have an earthly father it's like he has no one to wear his jersey uh, glory means something meriting the highest praise or regard it means greatness splendor it means a great light or luster a brilliance something meriting the highest praise or regard it means grandeur it means the quality or condition of being uh, grand and, you know, a child that's got a good earthly father, it's like he sees that child as grand. I remember seeing a YouTube video years ago, and maybe some of you have seen it, where this this um, this child didn't have arms or legs, but yet his daddy would put him in a little thing and he'd swim with him or he'd put him in a wheelchair uh, and he'd push him. Um, maybe the kid had arms, but he was playing in the van. Maybe it was a different one. He was playing in a van and... And the daddy would would march with the band, and he'd push him in his wheelchair. And I thought, you know, that child had his father's glory. And what a dad. It made me cry. Uh, Something meriting the highest praise or regard. Uh, Magnificent. You know, if if a daddy does not value his children enough to be there for them and to leave and maybe go through divorce and never go back to see his children, can you imagine how that makes that child feel in life? Makes them feel insignificant, worthless, uh, unregarded. But the word glory means magnificent, greatness, or lavishness of surroundings. It means stateliness, dignified and impressive uh, in size or proportion. means nobility, a class of persons distinguished by high birth rank. It means a state or position of outstanding power or importance. It means eminence, um, a position of great distinction or superiority, prominence. It means superior to or not able to. um, It means superior Two are notable above all others. It means outstanding. 
distinction? Can you see how a child with his father's glory will be success in life? You know, with my my dad and mother, um, they weren't perfect, far from perfect. But because of the love, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. You know, when I went through a divorce and I went through the greatest grief of my life, uh, even though I was being rejected by a husband, I never really felt rejected because my mother and daddy loved me. My heart was grieved because my children didn't have their father. Um, Glory means distinction, the act of distinguishing. It means the condition or fact of being dissimilar, distinct, difference, illustrious, well-known, and very distinguished, eminent. And some of these things are a repetition, but I'm just um, reading them off. Prestige, the level of respect which one is regarded by others. Outstanding, person of high standing among others, honor and esteem, widely recognized, prominence, distinction, or importance. And let me encourage those of you who are not married that are listening in. Always always seek out a godly man that is a spiritual leader, not one that just tells you he's a Christian because the Bible says even demons and the devil believe. Make sure he's a spiritual leader in the relationship. Make sure that he leads you in righteousness in the relationship and he's not just wanting to get involved sexually with you. Make sure he's not a married man. You know, when my husband left me for another woman, um, I would have never thought of ever going with a married man because what you what you do to others comes back on you. Besides, it made me know that, that uh, a person that would run around on his wife wouldn't be anyone I'd want to marry because then they'd run around on me. Glory means prominence, the quality or condition of being prominent, to be renowned, the quality of being widely honored and acclaimed. It means fame and good standing, status with respect to uh, rank. It means reputation or position in society or profession, high uh, rep- high reputation, nobility, the state or quality of being eminent or worthy of, of notice. It means fame, celebrity, repute, reputation, noble and, impo- and noble and imposing splendor, impressiveness, making a strong or vivid impression, striking or remarkable, similarity. To feel or express joy or satisfaction about an event, to exult, to rejoice greatly, to be jubilant or triumphant. You know, a a daddy that's a good daddy, he is jubilant and triumphant over his children. To celebrate, to bubble over. Have you ever seen daddies that really love their children? There are a few that bubble over. Uh, It means to crow, to delight to triumph, to be victorious or successful, to win, to rejoice over the success or victory, exult, to receive honors upon like a general who returns from victory in a recent battle. It means the fact of being victorious, victory or conquest, to jump for joy, to rejoice, 
to revel, to make merry. And uh, those are just some of the things that glory means to a life. It's almost like it gives a life an extra sparkle that you can't really see with the human eye, but it's there. And the opposite of glory, a person that does not have their father's glory, and this is not to depress you because the good news is you can get God's glory, and that's a greater glory than any human glory, is to have God's glory. But the opposite of glory means paltiness, lacking in importance or worth, trivial, to feel wretched or contemptible, to be trash, uh, ragged, uh, deficient in quantity or quality, meager, inadequate, insubstantial, lacking substance or, or reality. It means to be scant or scanty, or it seems like your whole life everything is scant or scanty, skimpy, sparse. Uh, you know, you might say the further you go, the behinder you get kind of thing. My husband was an illegitimate child, and uh, when he got married, his wife called his father, and the new wife answered the phone and said, I'm sorry, but you must have the wrong telephone number. And I can really see this in his life. He was very wounded, and it was the cause of being an illegitimate child. The scripture says when you're illegitimate, you can't even enter the sanctuary of the Lord. But a person that doesn't have his father's glory feels illegitimate, whether he is or not. Infinitesimal, inappreciable, too small to be noticed or make a significant difference, to be negligible, to be inconsiderable, too small or unimportant to merit attention or consideration, trivial, sparse, poor, limited, small, little, slight, trifling, um, being low in average, low, being below the average or size or magnitude, limited in importance or significance, limited to degree or scope, lacking position, influence, and status, not fully, not fully grown, very young, narrow in outlook, petty, having been belittled, humiliated picked on, deluded, weak, lacking force or volume, without loudness or soundness, uh, of little significance or value, ordinary, uh, commonplace, uh, unremarkable, lowliness, having or suited for low rank or position, Plain, in a low manner, or condition, or position, low in sound, petty, marked, narrowness of mind, ideas or views, um, by meanness, or lack of generosity, especially in trifling matters, idle, not employed, or busy, avoiding work, or employment, lazy, lacking substance. Uh, lacking value or basis, to move lazyless and without purpose, to run at a slow speed or out of gear, to make our cause to be unemployed or inactive, indifference, inconsequential, illogical, not having a relevance, 
to the topic at hand, irrelevant, sidetracked, digressive, divergent, drawing apart from a common point, departing from uh, conversation, underrated, having irrelevance to the topic at hand, not to the point, inconspicuousness, ingloriousness, nameless, unknown by name, obscure, obscurity, deficient, or absence of light, darkness, the quality or condition of being unknown, unimportant, ordinary, having no special design or status or rank, not distinguished by something or to be noteworthy, average, of no special quality, standard, mediocre, inferior of quality, second rate, unrefined or coarse in manner, the lack of refinement, downcast, feeling or showing unhappiness or hopelessness, sad, downhearted, depressed, forlorn, despondent, dejected, desolate, heartbroken, heartsick, despairing, heavy-hearted, dispirited, distinguished, distressed, and undone. Now that would be, basically you could see how that could hinder a person from having a successful life because he never had anyone to wear his jersey. He never had anyone to encourage him, to teach him, to train him, to be to affirming, to be confident of his victory, to be there for him, to walk beside him, to direct him. Colossians 3, verse 21 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. And that word lose heart means to dishearten the spirit or break a child's spirit which means to crush them, fracture them, fragment them, um, rupture, their, uh, rupture them, and weaken them in strength. King James says that they not be discouraged, which means to take away the courage of, to lessen the hope of, um, to lessen their confidence, to try to prevent by disapproving, to frown upon and dishearten. Can you see how a child without a father could feel those ways? It means to depress a child, be of low spirits, to hinder through fear or loss of incentives. You see, when a child doesn't have a father, he loses his incentives. It's almost like he loses the cheerleader of his life. Surely the most wonderful aspect of being a Christian is that we can have a unique relationship with the creator of the universe, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the living spirit who is the Lord of all his, of all history. And through faith in Jesus, each one of us may, be, may call God our Abba Father. In the Hebrew, um, it means Daddy. Uh, Acts 17, verse 24 says, Through God the Father is the creator of all things. He is known as a personal and loving Father, 
only to those who call on him and seek his face. You know, we can, most people in their prayer life, we seek God's hand and not his face. We need to seek God's face because when we seek God's face, God's glory is going to be all over us. And the good news is that, that, that God is the greatest father anybody could have. And regardless of how you grew up, God restores the years the locusts have eaten. Regardless of how you grew up, God wants to restore you, heal you, deliver you, uh, preserve you, and make you whole. Psalms 146 verse 9 says, The Lord protects the strangers, and he supports the fatherless and the widows. And healing deliverance will come into your life when you forgive your earthly father for being there, uh, for not being there, and for each of the negative characteristics of his life. You know, so many times people say, well, I've already forgiven my father. But, you know, in deliverance and healing, you've got to specifically forgive them for each offense. You can't just lump it all. I mean, of course, God is God honors that you're that you choose to forgive. But most people don't know we have to forgive them for every failure, every place that they did not um, train you up according to God's word. They provoked you to anger. And that's a sore place in your heart. If you didn't take it to God as a child, which most of you didn't, I'm sure, because no one knows to do that. If you let the sun go down your anger, then in all of those places you have button pushers. You have raw sore places down in your heart. And there's no deliverance and no healing without forgiveness. Forgiveness is not um, something you have to like. It's a choice. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. You choose to forgive. You don't have to feel like it. You don't have to really want to. But you say, God, I choose to forgive because without forgiveness, there's no salvation. As Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, you will not be forgiven. And so if we don't forgive, we're turned over to the tormentors. And so healing and deliverance will come as we forgive those who've hurt us. Psalms 27 verse 10 says, for my mother and father have forsaken me. It means they've left me, loosed me, cut me loose. But the Lord will take me up. You know, in ministry, I've had people I've prayed for, and I've I've asked them to raise their hands toward heaven and say, Lord, will you take me up? There's a scripture in Isaiah, and I can't remember the verse, but it says that God, and I like to read it in the, in the, in the Amplified Bible, because it says, God will pick me up on his hip, and he will throttle me, which means lovingly bounce me up and down on God's maternal knees, on his maternal knees. And so God wants to pick you up. And in ministry, I've, I've had people lift their hands to heaven and say, God, would you pick this person up and put them on their hip? And they literally can feel God picking them up. So if you're listening now, even if you're driving a car, lift one of your hands to heaven and say, Lord, would you pick me up and put me on your hip? One of the most cherished pictures I have of my earthly father is when I was four years old and he was holding me on his hip. And uh, someday I'm going to find that picture. And uh, it's packed away someplace. But that was a precious uh, memory that I had of my father holding me on his hip. But God says he will take you up and he will put you on his hip. And he will throttle you and he will love you and bounce you up and down on his maternal knees. And there he he also comes as El Shaddai, the many-breasted God. And so God wants to take you up because your mother and father have forsaken you. 
And the Bible says, Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. Ask Heavenly Father to come and fill the void, the hole in your heart, due to the lack of a father. Psalm 68, verse 5 says, A father to the fatherless and a judge for the widow is God in his holy habitation. Since God is our father, the greatest father we can ever have, ask the Heavenly Father, after you forgive your father, to come and be your glory. Uh, He's the best father that anyone could ever have. He'll give you the greater glory than any human father could ever give you. And if you're listening right now, I want you to forgive your father because we're going to pray for some deliverance. I want you to forgive your earthly father for each thing that you need to forgive him for. And after we're through, you can call in, and uh, I'll be happy to pray for anyone who's listening in. So, um, Father, in the name of Jesus, I forgive my father, and I'm going to name some things, but you can add to it. I forgive my father for not being there, for abandoning me, for not loving me. I forgive my earthly father that there was never any direction, that he showed favor to other children, that he left my mother. I forgive my mother for leaving him. I forgive my father for abandoning me. I forgive my father for causing me pain. I forgive my father that he's never been my glory. I forgive my father for not wanting me. I forgive him for cursing me. I forgive him for not providing for me. I forgive him for not nurturing me. I forgive him for never telling me he loved me. I forgive him for sexually abusing me if he did. I forgive him that he did not love my mother. I forgive him for being lazy and not providing for my family. I forgive him for being a drunk, for being an alcoholic, for being a womanizer. I forgive him for never instructing me or guiding me or directing me. I forgive him that that he never wore my jersey, that I never had anyone to cheer me on, never had anyone to encourage me, to triumph over me, to bubble over about me, to crow about me. I never had a father that would that that affirmed me. Uh, I, I, Lord, I ask you to come and fill this hole in my heart that was left through the lack of a father. And Father, I forgive my father for deserting me. I forgive him for not being kind. I forgive him for being angry and raging. I forgive him that I never bonded with him. I forgive my mother for being the controller. I forgive my father for never being the spiritual leader of the family. I forgive my father for being chinchy, for being a liar, for being greedy, for not supporting me. I forgive him for never taking an interest in my life. I forgive him that after the divorce, I never heard from him again. I forgive my father that I never knew him. And, Lord, I renounce all these lies that you're the same way. You're not like my earthly father. You're a perfect God. You're not a man that you could lie. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I truly forgive my Father. And I ask you to come, and I want you to lift your hand toward heaven. And, Father, I come in the name of Jesus, and I ask you to come and be my glory. Come and pick me up on your hip and trottle me lovingly down on your maternal knees. In the name of Jesus. And, uh, Father, I break soul ties with my Father. I cut and sever every cord of control linking his soul to my soul. I call back my soul and spirit from him. I send back his soul and spirit to him. I exchange his image for the image of Christ. And, Lord, I forgive my forefathers that they were not their children's glory. I break soul ties with all my forefathers 
and I hope you'll be praying with me. I break soul ties with all of my forefathers, call back my soul and spirit from them, cleansed, sanctified, and made whole by the blood of Jesus, and I send back their souls and spirits to them. I ask you to break this curse, Lord, off my life, that I have no glory. And I thank you, Lord, as you lift your hand to heaven, hands to heaven, Lord, I receive your glory, and I thank you for it, Lord. You said I can ask you anything in your name, and you'll do it, according to John 14, 13 and 14. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and praise you that you said in Matthew uh, 7, 8, that whoever asks will receive. And so I receive your glory, and I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now I want to come against these spirits. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit that would cause them to be an outcast, all spirits of rejection, spirits of lust. I I forgive my mother and father for everything I heard them say when I was in the womb. In the name of Jesus, I forgive them for conceiving me illegitimately if they did. I break the curse of illegitimacy of my life. I break the power of rejection, lust, rebellion, shame. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit that makes them feel unimportant. I come against, in the name of Jesus, every spirit of depression, despair, hopelessness. I come against spirits of paltriness, all spirits of triviality, all spirits that cause them to feel contemptible, all spirits that make them feel like trash and ragged, all spirits of of deficiency, I command you to go, spirits of meagerness and inadequacy, I command you to go. They can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. All spirits that make them lack substance to be scant, scanty, skimpy, sparse, leave now in Jesus' name. Infinesible, you have to go. All spirits that make them feel too small, too small, unnoticed, or insignificant, you leave now. All spirits of spirits of, that makes them feel negligible, uh, spirits of laziness, spirits that take away their motivation. All spirits that cause them to lack starch, you have to go in the name of Jesus. All spirits that cause them to be lifeless, uh, uh, spiritless, listless, triviality, spirits that make them feel sparse and poor, spirits of poverty, spirits that cause them to be be limited, to be small, to be little, go now in Jesus' name. I break the power of every spirit that causes them to be below average in size or magnitude. I break the power of spirits that cause them to be limited. I break the power of all spirits of unresponsiveness, uh, lack of motivation. I break your power. I break the power in Jesus' name of every spirit of a narrow, negative outlook, spirits of deaf, dumb spirits, spirits of muteness, spirits that hinder their conversation or their talk, uh, all spirits of, of fruitless ideas in the name of Jesus, all spirits that, that would cause them to... Um, Uh, not to achieve in the name of Jesus. I break the power of every spirit that would cause them to be picked on, diluted, weak, lacking force or volume. I break the power of every spirit that would cause them to uh, hold back um, all spirits that that make them feel insignificant, of no value, ordinary, commonplace, go now. All spirits that cause them to be unremarkable, lowliness have to go now in Jesus' name. All spirits that would cause them to be plain or common go. All spirits that would cause their voice to be low in sound, to be petty, um, marked by narrowness of mind, 
uh, a narrowness of ideas or views. In the name of Jesus, spirits of mental illness has to go. All spirits of learning disabilities have to go. In the name of Jesus, all spirits that would cause them to be unemployed or idle, uh, lacking substance, value. All spirits that cause them to have no purpose, to be slow of speed. I break the power of slowness. Every spirit that would cause them to be out of gear, you have to go now. In the name of Jesus, all spirits of, uh, that would make them illogical have to go now. In the name of Jesus, all spirits that would cause them to be irrelevant or sidetracked or digressed in any way in Jesus' name are diverted from the path God has them on. All spirits that would cause them to depart from convention has to go. In the name of Jesus, all spirits that cause them to be immaterial, you have to go. In the name of Jesus, all spirits that would uh, keep them from getting to the point, uh, all spirits of erratic conversation, all spirits of stumbling, floundering has to go, all spirits of defeat, failure has to go, all spirits of inconspicuousness has to go, go now, shame has to go, namelessness has to go obscurity, deficient absence of light, all spirits of darkness, in the name of Jesus, you have to go. Um, In the name of Jesus, all spirits of commonplace, ordinary, you have to go in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that hinders them from God's destination, all spirits that are holding them back from victory, all spirits that would cause them to be average in the name of Jesus, or standard, or mediocrity, go now. All spirits of second rate, you have to go. Unrefined or coarseness in manner, leave now in Jesus' name. Vulgar has to go. The lack of refinement, you have to leave. All spirits of outcast, orphan spirits, you have to go. All spirits of abandonment, you have to go. All spirits of unhappiness, sadness, joylessness, has to go. Downhearted, downcast, depressed, forlorn despondent you leave now in the name of jesus dejected desolate heartbroken lord i bind up their broken hearts i press them out i bandage them i soften them with their oil heart sick you have to go despairing heavy-hearted dispirited um, distraught has to go now undone you have to leave every spirit that would not confess jesus christ as lord that came in through the lack of an earthly father in the name of jesus Now, thank the Lord for me. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Wherever demon power left, fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. I praise you, mighty God. Praise the Lord. And, Lord, thank you that you are my glory. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Now, while we're waiting to see if anyone wants to call in for prayer, if you want to call in for prayer, call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. Uh, And while we're waiting, I'll tell you a little bit about Abiding Life Ministries. It was formed in 1978 by my late husband, and um, we had Bible studies in our home. And uh, anyway, I've been teaching deliverance for 34 years. And uh, mainly because it's it's a, it's a subject that's not taught in the church today. And many deliverance ministers, they just kind of, they don't deal with the root of why a person has a demon. And sin is behind it. 
but they just uh, will just come against something, and it's kind of like if you've ever shoot off a bunch of buzzards, you shoot them off, and the minute you turn your back, they collect again around the dead carcass. And so you have to, you have to, to get delivered, you have to bury the carcass through repentance and through confessing sins. And I've been teaching over coming life obstacle seminars since 1990 after my, son, my youngest son died of AIDS. But you can go on my, my website to jerrymcgee.com. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. Uh, or you can go to abidinglifeministries.org. And ministries is with an S, and it's not .com, but it's .org. And um, you, there's many teachings you can listen to for free with deliverance prayers. There's articles that you can um, you can print out and use. Um, and uh, we are we have a Duncanville seminar every month. We have for probably the past eight or nine years, and we meet in Duncanville, Texas, which borders Dallas on the on the south side. And um, if you will go into my website, jerrymcgee.com, and sign up for my email, or you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net, and I'll just spell that out for you, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at S like Sam, B like boy, C like cat, global.net. You can email me, and I'll add you to my email list. And... um, and we send out flyers for direction. The seminars are free in Duncanville. We do take up a love offering because it costs money to run an office and have secretaries, uh, have a secretary and to uh, print books. Uh, everything nowadays, as you know, is costly. We're living in those kind of days. But you can, order, you can also order books uh, and CDs off of my website. But there's also many many free CDs you can listen to with deliverance prayers. Uh, some of the books I've written is one's called um, um, I've written a book on grief, exchanging sorrow for joy, a little book on rejection, uh, clearing the land is a little book. It's a little deliverance book. You can actually, if you want to order that online, um, I don't know exactly how much it is, but. Um, if you order that online, you can actually get deliverance because it lists, it lists sins to confess, it lists curses, how to break curses. Uh, there's, it lists all the curses in the Bible that you can break off your life. Um, and if you order it online, be sure if you're if you are um, if you're uh, ordering from an international address, be sure. I think. It, my secretary said today to send two little books. I think it was $22 internationally. And, of course, it's not that much within the USA. We always send a book rate, which is a lot less. But, um, but we're in Duncanville the second Saturday of every month, and we've been there for, goodness, eight or nine years. And the meeting starts at 10 o'clock, and it's over usually about 3 or 4 o'clock. And I teach two messages, and we do deliverance, and you can have – personal prayer i'll also be at um i'll be in houston on um the 18th and 19th of november and if you'll sign up for my email i'll send out a flyer we'll be at the uh, marriott on uh, i think it's spring hill suites marriott hotel but i'll send you that information if you'll be if you will sign up for my email 
and I'll be at, in Hot Springs, Arkansas at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp on the 24th, 25th, 26th, and 27th of November. And that starts Thanksgiving, I think Thanksgiving lunch. And if you are alone and you want to spend Thanksgiving with someone, I think that you carry, you, you take um, some of the, uh, they they furnish the turkey and then everybody that comes brings the dish. But that starts at noon and it ends on uh, at noon on Sunday. And uh, I encourage you to come to Lake Hamilton because we have a prayer team that we pray for people from 6 to 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. And I don't know of any place you can get greater personal deliverance than Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. And the way you find them is you can go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and you can sign up there. And also, if you sign up on my uh, website, you'll receive a flyer to that meeting. But I encourage you to come. And if you would like a meeting uh, scheduled in your area, you can call me at uh, 903-262-6654. And um, anyway, if anyone has not called, if there's no one called in, we'll just go ahead and sign off. But be sure and listen again uh, on the the third Tuesday of the month. And uh, our plan is to continue each month, the first and the third um, uh, Tuesdays of the month. Now, the lady that that, uh, furnishes this program is Dorothy Carruthers Network. And um, she finances this. And so I encourage you to send her a gift. You can send her one through PayPal at D like dog or Dorothy, I'm sorry, Dorothy, and she's not a dog, of course. <laughs> anyway, I was just thinking D, but anyway, it's D for Dorothy, Dorothy D, like Charlie, H-U-R-C-H-Y, number one, at hotmail.com. And if uh, this program has blessed you and you want to bless Abiding Life with a gift, you can um, go into jerrymcgee.com and you can... Um, a sign up. You can send a gift through PayPal. We appreciate all of you who support this program, and we uh, we just bless you and we thank you and we thank the Lord for what He's doing. And so I just want to speak a blessing. I hope you listen again. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make His face shine upon you uh, and give you more peace in Jesus' name.